there's certainly a shortage of, of affordable inventory. And I think, you know, one of the things a lot of a lot of agents complain about that. I think there's a lot of opportunity in the marketplace for us as professionals to step up and, and source some better inventory. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Reed, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level? Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000. And we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat. $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com. Futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Real Estate Rockstars, welcome back for a Friday morning state of the market. Some fun real estate news we're going to be talking about today. Today, I've got my great friend, Chad Corbett, on here talking. Chad, you've got this awesome map behind you. It says travel. Where are you? Where are you tuning in from today? This is uh, home base. Shockingly, I'm actually in uh, Roanoke, Virginia. And, uh, Roanoke, soon, Virginia. Soon headed to Aspen. Not soon enough, but soon. Yes, sir. I will see you in Aspen next week. We have a, a, a awesome GoBundance retreat that's going to be there. Chad's first GoBundance retreat. Chad, you and I, we, we did deals together in, in, in Roanoke years ago. The I mean, how many years ago was that? 2013, 14. It's, uh, it's been quite a few. 
So you're going to go from Virginia to Aspen. And then you also, you also spend a lot of time in Florida with your real estate company. The tell us, tell us what you do down there. Sure. So I'm one of the co-founders of a company called All the Leads. Uh, we have offices in Central Florida on the Space Coast. So I spend quite a bit of time in Florida. Some here in Virginia, some in Toronto, and the rest is just uh, kind of. I am a kind of a, of a a professional vagabond entrepreneur. I guess it's hard yeah. to say. Hard to say. Like my parents, when they call, they're like, "Where are you again?" Yeah, you know, we're gonna and we're gonna you know get to talk again in the coming weeks. I know I want to get you on here to get to talk about all the leads and and what you guys do for real estate agents. You know, most of our listeners are new real estate agents. Uh, well, not saying new real estate, but most of our listeners are real estate agents that want to know how to succeed in real estate. They want to find the secrets in real estate. And then the state of the market is a weekly episode we do that gets to talk about the fun real estate news, but it, it is the news that we think that's going to help real estate agents out there. You know, we think that it's stuff that they should be listening to, paying attention to. We pulled some pieces of news out today. You know, most of them were from Inman. Man, we should get Inman to sponsor this podcast because so much of what we talk about, they are some of the best at grabbing news and bringing it out for us. And uh, we, you know, we find fun real estate news from other places too, but this week uh, that's where it came to. So one of the one of the first things I want to talk about with you, Chad, I thought, I thought maybe it'd be kind of funny. The article says, a hundred million dollar Caldwell banker agent leaves compass after three weeks. And if you've been listening to the state of the market podcast out there, you listeners, we've been talking about compass a lot. Compass has been making it in the news a lot. And there were a lot of predictions at the beginning, at beginning of the year for, for, for compass. But the, but I thought it was really, really an interesting article. It says Frankel, a 20 year veteran of Caldwell banker closed 98 million in sales in 2018. And so three weeks ago, it looked like he was, uh, you know, leaving Caldwell Banker for Compass. And after just three weeks of working at Compass, now he's returned to Caldwell Banker. You know, it's a funny article. The when I first saw it, I'm like, that had to be a setup for Caldwell Banker to get more stuff. But Chad, did you take? Did you read that article? Did you Did you see any of the info out there? What do you think's happening with with Compass and Caldwell Banker and all the agents that people say they're taking? So my first reaction, I mean, if, if you've followed Compass, you've definitely heard about the, the litigation that they're in with Realogy and the, the, the claim that they're unfairly taking market share or recruiting agents and they're getting the market share because they get the agents. But my first reaction to this was this looks like a, uh, a mid-litigation stunt. And it, you know, Compass said, well, let's, let's, let's stick it to them. And I'm sure they probably offered this guy a, a tremendous buyout. Like they offered him an attractive package and he got over there and realized that that wasn't exactly what he thought it would be. And who knows, you know, the, the details are limited, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if he was made another offer to come back in the other direction. I, what I found interesting and I'll bet he probably regrets is, is the article cites that he actually left his agents behind. They stayed with compass, some of them. Um, so it, I think it, I don't know. It would be interesting to to hear the hear the real story from the source, but it uh, it's it's you know they're still tied up. I think they're in arbitration now on instead of it's not litigation. I misspoke, but there's a there's a dispute. Let's just say because Compass has been. I mean they're you know they're they're a disruptor in the space, and they get a lot of they get a lot of airtime. But they've they've yeah. uh, I think they have their number the third brokerage in the country based on volume in 20, 2019. And I gotta say, when people start suing and doing lawsuits that are like unfair business practices, and and I haven't read the lawsuit, so I don't know the details. 
But man, what what happened to just like going out there and competing? Like the 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 best business guy wins, and if somebody's taking your agents, like really, are they breaking the law when they're taking your agents, or are they just out negotiating you? Like the it, what do you think? What do you think about that? Like, so do people play fair? Should we? Should people be suing people more often, or just? I mean, your opinion. You think people get in court too often, or you think not enough? No, I'm not a big fan of litigation. I, I think so. You know, I mean, it's that Compass's whole thing was let's be the, the 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 most well capitalized brokerage in the space, and that will attract the talent. And if you look at how Realogy built their brand, I mean, they they used a similar model. They became well capitalized and they bought up a series of, of brokerages. Most of them were franchise brokerages. Compass kind of did that at first. This, to me, and this is just my opinion, but it seems like phase two. So they went after the indie brokerages and they bought these amazing brokerages that were, you know, really trusted in, in their markets. And now that, that, was, that seemed to be kind of phase one. And now they're going after the individual agents that are part of these bigger franchise brokerages. And that's where they're really disrupting in the space. Like, you know, it wasn't so contentious when they were making these amazing offers of like, I mean, some of the valuations that they've paid for these indie brokerages, I mean, I'm like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> come know? by me. It's, it's amazing. But nobody had a problem with that. It's when they start, you know, when they start threatening these other, you know, conglomerates that built in a, in a different environment. So I agree with you. I think the, the, the response of, of filing lawsuits to try to stifle your competition is weak. I get it. I mean, I, I, may, I may do the same if I were at the helm. But uh, maybe it's just a business strategy too. You know, there's, it's like, they're, like you said, could just be trying to slow them down. Um, I also think, you know, there's been so many mergers in the real estate technology space and acquisition. I mean, you and I are talking about this all the time of companies that are going and buying more stuff inside the, you know, buying up other companies, merging. Sometimes it's getting rid of employees that are there. Sometimes they're just helping them grow. I wonder if we're going to start to see some of the same stuff as these, as these mergers, as these real estate you know, software companies get bigger and bigger and bigger. Are they going to start suing each other and saying, "Hey, we think you copied our idea. We think you did that." And you know, have you heard any? Of the, have you heard anything like that happening? I, I haven't. I haven't either, and I'm kind of shocked because it's amazing to me how well capitalized the tech space is in real estate. Like it, it's, I mean, the amount of risk in that type of of an investment for the for you know for the venture capital firms. But I mean, you've got so, like CRMs, for example, so like a, an all-in-one platform. That's one of the most com- competitive spaces in the tech and in, in the real estate tech space, and a lot of people are doing very similar things. But as far as I know, they've played nice. You know, they're 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 competing the way the way you know you and I think that that they should compete, rather than trying to drag drag competitors into litigation and drag them through the mud. And they're more focused on looking forward at what their vision is and their strategic plan than they are trying to bring down their competition so they don't have to compete. And I respect that. Yeah. yeah well, you know, as soon as I see, you know, the, this tech company finally sued somebody else, you're going to be the first person I call to come back on the news. The <laughs> let's jump, uh, let's, let's jump news a little bit. You know, really interesting news on here. The agent sentenced to prison for role in foreclosure kickback scheme. You know, I own a foreclosure listing company, but so many times people are like, are foreclosures still happening? Like, like, why is this even something that we're talking about? But it says, Jeffrey Detloff is accused of steering maintenance and repair contracts to companies that provided his own firm a kickback. Minnesota couple running a market and asset management real estate firm were sentenced in U.S. District Court this week for their part in a long-running 
fraud scheme. Realtor, according to the Department of Justice and the owner of Detloff Marketing and Asset Management, was accused of running an illegal bidding and kickback scheme in connection with foreclosed properties. The, um, did you look into the, the details of that? Did you see the, what, what he was doing out there? So it looked to me like he was basically, he got the contractors to agree to include his markup in the quote, and then he would submit that invoice, or not the quote, but the invoice. He would submit that to the lender, and then when that that, that padded markup came through, the contractor would, would kick it back to his company. Yeah, you know, the, so that's, so if people don't really understand how foreclosures happen, you know, the, it's, in a lot of places, it's been a while since foreclosures were so prevalent. So I should have looked into the details of what year he was really doing this. Maybe this was old news that he's finally getting in trouble. I think it was, so they, they referenced from 90, like he had a salesperson's license from 91 to 2014. And then he's been a broker since 2014. So if I had to get, it wasn't clear when these violations began or, or, or stopped, but I would guess that it was probably in, in that, you know, 08 to 2011 range. Yeah. You know, agents, when you're out there, if you're a real estate agent, you have a fiduciary responsibility, right? So he, because he's a licensed agent and not a contractor, there's, there's more responsibility in that. If the bank was hiring him just as a contractor to give him a quote, I mean, he could mark it up however much he wanted. And it's like, you're a contractor. You could pay somebody 500 bucks and charge a thousand dollars as a contractor. You can do whatever you want. But as an agent, you're telling, or as a real estate agent, you know, the bank's own you know, hundreds of houses or thousands of houses or tens of thousands of houses. And they hire these local agents to act on their behalf and say, Hey, go get this work done. And, and, you know, if an agent goes out there and they start, you know, they have an ability to write checks with the bank's money, right? So they're using the bank's money to do that. And the bank's trusting them on who they hire. And if the, and it's, you know, this guy said, Hey, he's going to start hiring friends. He's going to start hiring other people. The, The bank doesn't care. The bank's not checking. I can pay them whatever I want. The, you know, and I think the, I mean, my understanding is the part where it goes wrong is when he gets a kickback. Like he could, he could hire them and say, hey, you could pay a fair rate to any sort of contractor. But as soon as he's getting a kickback, that means he knows that he's overpaying for a job and getting that back. So the, you know, I think that the, I think that happens a lot. I don't know if people prosecute enough for it. I don't know if people get caught a lot for it. But the, you know, if you're an agent out there, you should know that that's a crime. Like if it, if it's happening like that, the truth of the matter is the, you know, that that's illegal. And, uh, and yeah, yeah I think, I think they're making us the, the DOJ is making a statement here too. Cause I mean, not only did they hit him with like restitution, that was three times the actual, you know, the dollar amount that he had, he had actually, you know, violated yeah. the banks for like, it was three times restitution. And then I think he got 16 years and his wife got seven or excuse me, 16 months. And his wife got seven months, I believe is what it was. Yeah, 16 months, a lot different than 16 years, but still, right? Like, he, he thinks that he's just doing a business. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm making a couple hundred thousand dollars. No, $593,000 fine, 17 months in prison. That's a big deal. It is a big, big deal. And they, yeah, I think you're right. I think they are trying to make a statement. So the, the best part of that news out there for all you real estate agents out there is be careful, do what you're supposed to do. You know, don't cut corners and the, and don't take kickbacks. If you're like, if you take a kickback from somebody and you don't disclose that to your buyer or your seller, whoever you're representing, I mean, there's lots of partnerships with home, home inspection companies and home warranty and that. But if you don't disclose that, that's a big deal. Tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book. 
and it's just been published. Co-authored it with David Osborne, who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate, was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself, and he's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings, and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million-dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get, so please subscribe. And listen... There's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that, too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. The uh, you know jumping to something that's you know different maybe you know better news out there it says despite softening price growth it's a seller's market now what's funny is the news changes every week last week we're talking about interest rates keeping people out there you know is it softening price growth is it going up is it a seller's market is it a buyer's market the man it says it's still a seller's market what that would tell you supply is down stuff's going up. But it also, when they come out with these stats, you have to see what it's coming up from. So it says, according, according to Adam Data Solutions, you know, I think those are great guys. I know a lot of people over there yeah. the, uh, inside that company. Home seller profits increased for three years in a row, rising to $65,000, $500 in, in, in 2019. Despite home price growth softening in some of the nation's most expensive markets, it's still a seller's market, according to Adam Data Solutions report released Thursday. The average homeowner who sold their home in 2019 experienced a home price gain of $65,000, representing a whopping 34% return on investment compared to their original price. So the, for the past two years, homeowners have experienced record home price gains. 
But let's unpack that a little bit. So it says, so the people that sold their house in 2019 sold it for 65,000 more than they bought it for, which was a 34% inc return on investment. So 34%, that means the average home sale price of that is $200,000. So the so average price that they're talking about sold for $200,000 and they bought it for 135,000. But that could mean they bought it 10 years ago for 135,000. That could mean they bought it five years ago. And also they didn't make $65,000, right? So if you buy your house and you sell your house, that means that you, you know, you paid an agent, right, probably you paid a commission, you had closing costs, you got 7% on that. But I mean, on $200,000 house, I think that's probably what 15, 20 grand on that. Maybe there's some concessions in there, but, it, but so they're still selling it for, you know, 60,000 or for 40,000 more, you know, maybe they're going to walk away with 40,000 bucks in their pocket, I guess is what I'm trying to say there. But the, what do you what do you think out there? Did you, did you see that article? So like you know, talked about eighty two percent gains in some places. Do you feel like it's a seller's market right now? So I think you know it's kind of a cliche answer, but every market's local, and I think that a lot of articles like this that try to encompass the entire country can be misleading because you're focused on the top ten or top twenty five MSAs. So you've got markets like San Francisco where when lines of credit froze in 2008, builders fell way behind and you have hardly any inventory. So prices are just skyrocketing, but there's jobs there to support that where you've got, you know, the, 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 you know, mid, mid America markets aren't exactly as, as overheated as those. So, I mean, it, it's, as you blend the whole country together, you can, you can make it, you can influence perception. I think that, you know, there's certainly a shortage of, of affordable inventory. And I think, you know, one of the things a lot of a lot of agents complain about that. I think there's a lot of opportunity in the marketplace for us as professionals to step up and, and source some better inventory, you know, as, as a as a company owner and a real estate investor who works in, in, in that that space of distressed real estate. You know, I know and you know that 25% of every market happens under the realtor's radar, right? And I've been licensed in four different states and worked in several different markets. And I coach people in all 50 states. There's, you know, whether it's vacant houses, probate, code violations, there's inventory out there. If, if agents could, could kind of, I guess, step up and raise their skill set, they could be producing inventory and helping out with the problem and the affordability problem. I do think, I mean, obviously with, with a, a, a supply, with a shortage of supply, you, you're going to have a seller's market and, you know, buyers are, attracted to to the low interest rate so you know now's the time to buy if we could find a place um so i think most markets are you know it, it's still in the seller's advantage but i think that we and it's kind of i went down a rabbit hole but i think that real estate professionals could help that you know help find affordable inventory if they would just think creatively instead of just waiting for those houses to be built because that's not going to happen overnight right yeah you know, the, and it, it, it's, uh, it, I, I like your point of when, you know, how local it really is. And as I looked through that, that news and kind of seeing what's out there in those different places, the, you talked about interest rates too. One of the, the notes that it said on there is, is all cash purchases have dropped to their lowest level since 2007, which that baffles me too. Like, so 2007, like right now, all cash purchases are at their lowest level since then. I see, I feel like I see a lot of you know, cash investors out there, but it says as more buyers have begun taking advantage of low interest rates and FHA loans. So maybe there's people out there that could be spending. And so we talked about interest rates last week and the, 
Um, so I think that's an interesting part of that news too. You know, it, the seller's market out there, the maybe there are less cash buyers out there or maybe cash buyers out there are super smart and they're like, loans are so low that I could buy in cash, but I want to buy a lot of real estate, so I'm going to buy more. So the, well, I'm going to, I'm going to jump that. Or, or they believe it's the top of the market and they're sidelining their cash for right now. I mean, you, you've got Warren Buffett's been taking pressure from his board for doing just that, but he's a value investor. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely different than 2007, but what's, what's really interesting to me, the sentiment sure seems a lot like it did in 2007. What's different is, you know, we, we deleveraged after, after the 08, 09 kind of meltdown. So I don't think we, you're going to have the, the same kind of correction. But I think there are a lot of people who are just sitting on the sidelines saying, you know what, I'm not going to pay that. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll let my cash sit for a bit or I'll buy, you know, mobile home parks for right now until this cools down. Because I think 2007 is fresh enough and, and everyone's memory there, you know, they saw so many people get wiped out that I know a lot of people who, you know, normally are really aggressively flipping homes that are, are sitting out, sitting on the sidelines right now waiting. So. Yeah. I, and I think there could be a lot of strategy in that too, where you're like, you know, people that we, a lot of us have been thinking for a year, almost two years, like, Hey, this market's about to turn and it's still going up and it's still, and it's still going up. So maybe it's the idea of going, you know what, I want to have cash on the sidelines in case it makes the turn. So maybe a lot of those cash buyers are putting their cash to the side, but they're not stopping operations. Like I'm not stopping operations right now, but there are more lenders out there. There are more investment lenders out there. So I could say I could buy this in cash, but why bother? I'm going to keep this cash in case the market turns. I'm going to use, you know, loans to go ahead and invest and maybe invest a little slower. The, uh, that could be happening. You know, the, uh, the last, last piece of article I wanted to, to jump into, which is kind of pretty related to what we just talked about, especially your first comment on it. It says these three satellite cities are outshining their larger neighbors, Oakland, Scottsdale, St. Paul, attracting more renters than their larger counterparts. Thanks to the affordable cost of living as, as rent growth reaches untenable levels in some of America's most populous cities, renters are turning their sites to nearby satellite cities with similar amenities and lower housing prices. According to Zumper Rental Market Analysis released Thursday, Oakland, California, Scottsdale, Arizona, St. Paul, Minnesota are experiencing higher levels of renter demand than their more expensive neighbors. Now, you first think about that, that makes a lot of sense, right? Like if you're renting a house in San Francisco, you're going to pay so much for it. It's just like, it's the same as buying houses. So it's talking about rentals to me, but, the, but it's a, it, to me, it's the same as buying. If you're going to buy in the heart of Austin, Texas, the, you're going to pay millions and millions of dollars, which was unfathomable 10 years ago. But if you go just 20 minutes outside of town, you're still able to get a great house for $200,000, great house for $300,000, just a short 20, 30 minute drive away. So this article is talking about rentals, but the, what do you think about tertiary markets? What do you think about secondary markets? You know, when you're out there, the, uh, you know, does it, is this a, when you heard this, we were like, well, yeah, duh, of course that's happening. Or, or is there anything surprising in that news? No, I mean, when you look at, you know, some of the, the top 10 MSAs, people are spending north of 50% of their income on housing and, and the rental space. And it's not, you know, it, it's the, I'll say that the, the percentage of, of household, uh, the, the percentage of, of income spent, household income spent on a mortgage, like on home ownership is actually, it's, it's pretty much where it should be. It's, it's, it's around, I think, 19% nationwide. But it, when you get into to those top 10 MSAs, it, it becomes a lot more than that. Um, I spend a lot of time in Canada and, you know, Toronto is another market that I watch. And up there, I think, you know, people are spending north of 40% of their income on, on 
a mortgage there and rents are even worse than that. And it, so it becomes unsustainable. And with wage growth, you know, uh, I mean, adjusted, like wage growth hasn't been tremendous over, you know, we talk about 75% appreciation in home prices. Whose income, like well, how many average Americans have, have saw a 75% increase in income over that same time frame? But I think, especially for agents listening, if you're in like secondary or tertiary markets, uh, I think there's a, a huge opportunity to both to to represent buyer like like uh, owner occupant buyers, but also absentee owners, because a lot of the investors in San Francisco, Seattle, you know, most of the the major like the top 25 MSAs, they've been priced out of their own markets, and there's an opportunity for if you want to step up and really insulate your business against the downturn, you can do that by representing investors, and you know if you're if you're sitting in in a, su- a suburb of St. Louis. And that you, there's there's tons of capital. Like if you go to any real estate convention right now, it's shocking how much capital is out there looking for assets. But uh, if you know if I was a real estate agent in one of those secondary or tertiary markets in the Midwest or really anywhere, I think there's a massive opportunity. And for the people who are in those in that primary market, like if you're in San Francisco, you know, in San Francisco, in Austin, for example, is a great example. So it's only a 10-mile drive to a blue ocean, right? So you're, you're fiercely competing for limited inventory at a super high price right in the core of downtown. But if you drive 15 miles up the road, you're in a, you're in a suburban market with, with way less competition and way better values. So I think it creates a lot of opportunity that, that might not, that wouldn't exist otherwise in, in those secondary and tertiary markets for the right agents who, who can step up and, and know you know, how to serve those buyers and how to find those buyers and how to serve them. Yeah. You know, the, I, I totally agree with you on that. And my, I think my last piece of opinion before we close out on that, the, um, you know, is, is really, is really that like those tertiary markets, there's like two really good things going on. I've been lucky enough as an investor to find, to find and discover that those are the best places for me to invest. Right. So if I could invest 30 to 40 miles outside Austin, the two good things are going to happen. The price is going to significantly go down and the demand for renters also significantly goes up. So whereas if I was going to be close to Austin buying rentals, the, you know, you're only going to be able to invest and get a four five, 6% cap rate, but you start to go 30, 40, 50 miles out of town. You're not only getting that house for cheaper. You have that high rent demand. Now you're actually getting an 8% you know, cash on cash return after all expenses, you know, after everything else. So the, you know, the, I love tertiary markets. I think it's there. So when I, so when I first see this and go, Hey, like, yeah, that makes sense to me. I'm not surprised by that news, but I think that it must be newsworthy for the sense that maybe it's a secret out there. Maybe people aren't always thinking. So I think the best advice we can give is to tell those, those real estate agents and investors out there that are listening to this. If you haven't considered tertiary markets yet, the news is out there. It's booming. Check out these articles. You can see where they're at. You can see the, the spots and the, and maybe there's an opportunity to represent investors out there. There's an opportunity to represent renters out there. You know, that's a pitch when someone's trying to sell their home or buy their home, you know, the, when you get out there. So the, you know, that is the news today for today's state of the market, Chad, the, it was super fun to have you on here. I know we'll, we'll have them on again, but the, you know, if, if people wanted to, to find you, I want to be able to talk to you out there. The, do you have, a, you have a social media handle people can come find you at? You know, so it's, uh, my name is Chad Corbett. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, the place where I'm most likely to be keeping an eye on is, is we have a, a private group for real estate professionals called All the Leads Mastermind. 
and uh, that's what I most closely monitor because there's it's, there's just so many places to keep, to keep in touch yeah. with right now. So. You know, I get to I love being on there with with those the uh, you know find chat at all the leads. Come find me on Facebook, Aaron Muchastegi, Aaron Muchastegi on Instagram or at RE Rockstars on Instagram. Make sure that if somebody shared this with you and you haven't downloaded and subscribed yet, subscribe to the podcast. Every week we do State of the Market. We do two other podcasts a week from real estate agents out there teaching you their secrets or providers. We had some great people on this week. So the subscribe, listen to past ones, come find us. Come find me on social. Ask me questions about real estate. Tell me the news we should be talking about next week. We'd be happy to do it. So again, Chad, thanks for coming on. Real Estate Rockstars, we will talk to you next week. Thank you. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.